Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter, a podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today are Herman Oude, Chairman of the Supervisory Board of Transporian and Managing Partner of TTS, and Grusiana Hokcha, Executive Director Carrier Management at Transporian. In this episode, we talk about how moving freight across the world has changed, how digitalization can help freight forwarders keep up with these changes, what the drivers are for digitalization in freight forwarding, and what the key elements of next-generation freight forwarding are. Please enjoy my conversation with Herman Ude and Grusiana Hoxha. Herman, Grusiana, welcome to the show. Hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. Thank you very much. Yes, my, my first question uh, uh, is always, and uh, Herman, maybe you can answer first, um, does logistics matter? Well, obviously it does, and uh, who hasn't yet understood that has understood it now with the interruption, interruption of the international supply chains and the shortage of materials um, everywhere. We see it with the food logistics in the Ukrainian war. Uh, so so, the, so many areas where suddenly um, focus is on logistics and logistical problems. Um, I think they are where they, where they deserve to be a, a spot of high attention and... Uh, and in demand of a lot of change. Yes, logistics uh, does matter. Yeah, thank you. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, Grushana, do you think logistics matters? Well, of course. I mean, logistics is an important part of the supply chain, right? And it controls uh, effective forward and reverse flow of goods and services, um, which origin to it. Recipients and a major element of logistics uh, is is transport, right? Which includes all modes, uh, including road vehicles, freight trains, cargo shipping, and air transport. And without it, goods wouldn't be able to move from one stage to another within the supply chain. So um, I do believe that's uh, not only that does not only matter, but it's part of our routine actually as consumers as well. Yeah, thank you. Great answer. Um, uh, uh, Herman, uh, can you uh, uh, tell our listeners uh, a little bit about uh, your background in logistics? How, how did you uh, how did you get into logistics? Yeah, well, actually, I, I joined in um, my goodness, is that a long time ago? Ninety eight, I joined uh, DHL, and uh, uh, that obviously was the time when we acquired, I think, one hundred forty companies to build uh, what is now DHL, the logistics company. Before it was only the Deutsche Post, the mm-hmm. letters, yeah. and all that stuff. And uh, after some years, my role was to operate the road trade business in Europe and then later see air and road uh, globally. Uh, and so my connection with the forwarding uh, industry, basically my closest was the, the operating the road trade business in Europe for DHL, uh, which at that time was, um, was very much a relationship-driven um, phone, fax, uh, Internet started yeah. to do some works, EDI connection type of business. Very cumbersome. You need geniuses all over the place that could connect um, connect cargo with shippers because it was such a complex and, uh, and uh, intelligence requiring job to do that properly. 
Um, so that was was the the time when I was really for the first time with feet on the ground in the in the logistics space in the forwarding space. All the other work I had done before was more strategic on PowerPointish. Um, and and since ever since then, I'm I'm really very much interested in in two two aspects of logistics. Um, the one is this enormous inefficiency uh, the logistics industry still has. If you imagine that. Uh, a forwarder may take on a on a shipment some twenty percent gross profit, and there are costs on the shipper side, there are costs on the carrier side. So you can easily assume thirty percent of any road shipment is administrative work. I think that's an inefficiency that you we would love to to go away or to reduce, uh, especially under the mm -hmm. gross profit pressure that companies see. And the other one is uh, CO two carbon, uh, so the climate impact of uh, logistics, which as we all know is massive and. Um, and is no longer acceptable. There are the Paris goals and there are other goals um, um, that we have to meet in order to keep this place, uh, the world, our only home um, uh, in a livable condition. So that's the two aspects that really have interested me since. And uh, I would like to uh, to follow through. And that's also why I'm very much engaged with Transporion because I think we can contribute to both. Yeah, and and uh, Grushana, um, uh, how has your road into logistics, so to say, uh, how did that go? Um, so actually, I started to work in, in logistics and transportation about 10 years ago um, and started to work in a traditional but actually still modern uh, leading transport company, uh, which is uh, Furcam, uh, headquartered in Italy. Bolzano, uh, and um, I have to say I, I learned so many things uh, from A to Z, actually, from talking to drivers to own fleet uh, trucks and effectively moving into uh, the European freight forwarding aspect and globally actually monitoring um, how the compliance part uh, in transportation would, um, would work between shippers, forwarders, carriers, and actually um, yeah, even, even drivers. So. I've had the opportunity to see um, all these uh, little defects, let's say, or gaps that uh, are positioned uh, into operations. And uh, because of this, I moved uh, farther to the tech side of the digital freight forwarding when I joined um, Uber right at, uh, in, in 2019 when they launched in Europe. And actually, um, that was the most interesting side of it because uh, through technology, I, I learned how you can effectively shape the future of transportation and logistics. And it's impressive uh, how many things you can do that you wouldn't imagine by working daily in, in your routine in a traditional environment. So um, after that, uh, basically, I shifted to sender following the acquisition of UberGrade at the time. And mm -hmm. um, most recently... Uh, one year ago, I joined this fantastic company, which is Transporion, and I'm so excited to pave the way to digitalization for all carriers currently looking after a huge network of 130k carriers that can grow and develop at light speed through our services. So mm -hmm. um, as you all know, uh, we always like to mention it, uh, that we are on a mission, uh, which is bigger than all of us, and it's to bring transportation into the world. And so what makes me passionate is exactly this. 
Yeah. So I, I will be definitely coming back to you, uh, uh, as it seems that uh, that uh, that you can uh, give some excellent uh, examples and, and background to the uh, to the digital side of things. <coughs> but but first, I'd like to switch uh, back to uh, Herman, who uh, obviously has the the longest uh, uh, and most experience in the in the transportation uh, business. And what I would like to ask you, Herman, is. Um, uh, so the movement of freight, uh, well, across the world, but I guess uh, across the roads of Europe uh, uh, also, H how has that uh, changed uh, since you started uh, logistics compared to now? Yeah, I think it's changed quite a bit. I mean, the, the, um, there's this one trend of the common EU market that allowed, um, especially with service directive and so on, that, that more is moving. You have uh, the, the biggest trucking companies like Geteca from Estonia, and um, or from Eastern European countries. So the, the market has definitely changed with regard to players and with regard to the liberalization on some ends. On the other side, um, uh, we, have, uh, we have major infrastructure uh, constraints. The, um, the, the roads are blocked uh, and full with trucks. Uh, imagine that 30% of the trucking capacity actually that is moving through Europe is empty. Um, so the pressure, empty, it's yeah. empty. So 20% are completely empty and 10% is the equivalent of the half-loaded uh, trucks, so the empty part of the half-loaded trucks. So 30% is empty. We have, I already mentioned that, this enormous administrative burden that also comes with more compliance requirements. Um, and so I think we we are heading into a phase where we where the pressure on optimization on getting empty runs avoided and getting administration burdens down and getting the the administration costs down uh, that pressure has never been as as high as it is currently and that is even more visible if you look at the actual trends that we have all seen like uh, like driver shortage uh, like uh, the the ukrainian thing and vela russian russian and and ukrainian drivers uh, blocked from the european space to some extent uh, imbalances with regard to brexit and all these things show you show us that there is a significant inefficiency in this and uh, i mean gruziana has the she has the advantage of having really the the ground experience of a dispatcher in a dispatching center doing the real thing which i have never done um and so she knows what in these times of crisis what it, what it takes to actually have, operate a productive logistics company, and how these these challenges like Brexit and the ones I mentioned uh, have made work for for logistics professionals very very difficult. And and I believe I strongly believe that the answer to many of these challenges is we need to digitalize. We need to use data in a in a much more advanced way than we currently do. And this is not a one one big bang type of thing use this device and everything is good it's a it's a journey um uh, it's a journey that will evolve over time from uh and and needs adoption on the dispatcher on the carrier and on the shipper level yeah that's uh, uh that's uh, clear herman uh, uh, thank you Krushana, uh, uh, could you uh, uh, maybe uh, shine your light on uh, the, the modern side of freight forwarding and what you've seen in the past years uh, in terms of, of digital digitalization and uh, and the benefits that that brings? Yes, sure. Thanks, Martin, for the question. Um, so, um, actually, I would like to to maybe start from um, with a statement uh, with a statement of what scale is because. Scale, it's only possible if the business approach is data driven. I, and I think this is the biggest differentiation from 
traditional freight forwarding and digital freight forwarding. Um, so from our latest uh, carrier service, for example, in Transporian, we've seen that 65% of participants said that their investment focus in 2022 is indeed to digitize operation, develop their business and contract more freight. Um, but um, considering the amount of data and information operating through the forwarding industry, particularly when it comes to operations and daily decision making, uh, for example, can be which carriers to address or which ones to match which, with which shipments at which price and so on, um, makes going digital not an option anymore. Uh, it is actually a must for growth and cost-based business strategies. So um, maybe if I can elaborate a little bit this part, because I think that's pretty interesting, what differentiates the forward thinkers in business strategies um, who are always ready to move, to move out of their comfort zone and maybe the companies who are a little bit uh, not less visionary because they know what's important, but maybe not prioritizing this aspect of going digital uh, so so um, so fast. I think um, currently uh, the, the transport and logistics industry is quite hectic, but actually it has always been hectic. So uh, not everyone finds always the time to invest in new technologies, etc., because they need to get uh, what they do every day uh, get it done. And um, they usually don't think how fast the world moves and the technology moves afterwards. But going out of this temporary comfort zone um, should actually feel um, feel like a natural path for companies moving forward. And I think that where new technologies and AI will indeed make an impact um, are maybe four particular points. One is better capacity outreach because forwarders have a very dispersive way of interacting with their network of subcarriers. Yeah. Um, they rely on many, many different tools and many, many systems. And I think that AI can help them address the network in one place and make real-time data recommendations to scale, to, to scale this outreach uh, at light speed. And then higher productivity standards, because chasing subcarriers via phone, emails, or other channels and spending time to negotiate um, is not what the future should look like because most of this process can be automated. And then, um, yeah, the third point is the improved know-how when actually uh, it comes to new joiners operating, for example, uh, operations, right? When you have um, a system that effectively easily um, have new joiners understand how it works and manage it uh, you know, quickly, maybe learning it within one week or two instead of six months or one year, that can scale the knowledge of uh, operations quite quite easily. And finally, uh, streamlined, streamlined real-time visibility is what should make the difference in transportation because of so many time-consuming phone calls of where your driver is, where your truck is, right? Yeah. So um, the best thing in place should be knowing uh, from where your driver is uh, to, to where the dispatchers can, can look at that information and streamline it directly to the forwarders or directly to the shippers. So I believe uh, these are the challenges that um, AI and technology can solve for freight forwarding. Yeah. So, and I and I'm guessing also that, uh, and you're saying that that if uh, new, if you hire new people, that they're uh, uh, that they're uh, that that they can do their job faster. Um, and it used to be, I think, a huge problem if you have the like the really experienced planners and one would leave, it would just like be all, all the connections, the whole Rolodex, and and all his uh, all his knowledge would just walk out the door. 
And, and now we're grabbing all that knowledge and, and putting it in a system. And now the specialty knowledge of this one planner is combined with the specialty knowledge of the other planner. And then the third planner, who is still starting, can use both their knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, also, so, I mean, one of the biggest issues that these um, uh, that these freight forwarders are are working with is price, because they 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 have to uh, it's supply and demand, and th these prices are, uh, are constantly uh, uh, changing. So, uh, uh, I'm guessing that they're, so they're using uh, the the freight matching that that you're uh, mentioning to uh, to keep up with the with the current rate changes. Uh, but also, with, yeah. But also with uh, with other uh, with uh, uh, other types of data. Can you give us some more examples? Yeah, of course. Um, so effectively, freight matching, uh, which we launched recently in June, empowers first of all all the freight forwarders to go digital with no capital cost and is transactional payment only, which kicks off when there is a match. And why this is a USP? Um, uh, and is part of the Transporium platform is because forwarders can bring up their shipments uh, or address to their pool of carriers the shipments that they already have in Transporium directly in the same platform. And in the same environment, they can benefit from real-time visibility, attachments, time slot management, artificial, artificial intelligence when it comes indeed to pricing strategy. And um, this is effectively the reason why we wanted to make it so easy for the forwarders to go digital and to have uh, an advantage as well to understand better the price recommendation that the AI can give them, which is uh, really important for dispatchers to keep under control this strategy. Yeah. Because usually forwarders are never sure whether they are getting the best market rates from their suppliers uh, because they are so much focused, for example, on finding that individual truck for that particular day. And if there is a crisis on the market, they often find it out too late on how to modify their strategy on how they price the shippers or how they effectively uh, address their, their supply. Yeah, please let me let me come back to one of the aspects of what uh, Gruziana mentioned. That's the uh, capex requirement for any sort of digitalization. And they can be massive. Everybody knows the pain of... Uh, running an IT implementation in a, in a highly distributed environment. Uh, and I think that's one of the beauties of this uh, platform sol solution that uh, forwarders, carriers, they don't have to uh, uh, acquire or implement or develop an own IT. They, they can, on a fully transactional uh, payment basis, they can benefit from a journey of, of evolvement of the technology, of the data, uh, of all the things they need to also compete against digital forwarders to some extent, of course, who are driven by technology and driven by data. So I think it's it's a it's a very attractive way of avoiding the pain of an of a large IT implementation on development uh, with all the benefits of uh, as if you had done one. Uh, so I think that is for for many companies uh, especially in times of uh, of crisis like we have them now with uh, demand and and supply imbalances that's quite a valuable uh, aspect of of the solution. Um, because it's uh, uh, because it's it's a platform that's that's online based. I guess also there's no more need to uh, disrupt the business or or for people to be uh, uh, in the office at night or in the weekend because uh, something uh, something needs to be updated. Yeah, that's true. I think the the uh, it's it's a true platform model and and yeah, we we have started with some features and functionalities, but we will add more obviously. 
Um, and it's it's real time. You always have the actual data, the actual pieces of information you need to do your job. Um, as with all data type of things, it's of course improving over time. So the more data you have in, the more experience the system has, the better results uh, you will get from the uh, AI components that, that are built in. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it will take out a lot of, of the pain of, of a dispatcher's work. I said it at the very beginning. As a dispatcher, you need it to be a genius. 15,000 things you have yes. to do. Availability, 724. Um, uh, always looking for a good deal or for a good technical or, or practical solution. And, and with almost no help. And, and I think we have to develop this industry from... Uh, a genius-driven business to something that can really efficiently uh, operate it um, in, under any circumstances. Even. Yeah, and and maybe Herman, if I can if I can add here, um, Martin as well to other points about rate matching in this case, um, and indeed about the optimizing journal resources. Um, it's it's actually um, very interesting to see how a dispatcher can manage uh, more transports per day. Uh, with freight matching, uh, we estimate around 20% more. Um, and usually these dispatchers or teams that manage the relationships with suppliers, they spend over 70% of their time chasing subcarriers. And they do this by creating, for example, uh, 15 or 20 mailing lists every day um, or going to different platforms to, to look for capacity. And um, some suppliers as well want to be contacted maybe through only some channels rather than others. And um, maybe we, you know, sometimes you even see two, three team members trying to uh, manage the same transport or find, you know, the same truck. So there is many funny stories about transportation and what can, um, what can be created in a, in a transport management environment. So I do think that um, also, a better intra-branches workflow sometimes, and this is also where freight matching can support. Sometimes we have companies who have uh, affiliates uh, all over the world or, or in Europe, and they actually sometimes yeah. do not know how to help each other and make the, the best use of their network internally to address all their shipments, right? Because they have decentralized strategies, but we are very happy to, to say that with freight matching, we can aggregate um, these uh, these strategies in one platform while still maintaining the, the the solutions they currently have, right? So it's just a matter of an environment which makes things easier because you can create the right groups with who you want to work with, uh, which ones you want to avoid for a certain shipment or which ones you want to use mostly. And yeah. everything is, is possible with actually just one click or a few clicks, really. So... Um, that's why we're, we're so, so much excited about it. And we really think we're going to um, support and make an impact for carriers finally to uh, to have this possibility in, in Europe and outside Europe as well. And actually, if I'm, I mean, the, the productivity aspect is, of course, one. But I think the, the, the if, you, if you look at a, on, on, a, on a branch level or on a company level for, for forwarder, what is really missing are a lot, not, lot of things that strategically could improve uh, profitability. For example, carrier relations. All this tactical trying to fix today's problems, uh, keep people away from really developing carrier strategies uh, on certain lanes with, with certain uh, companies, 
uh, at certain quality levels for high quality shipments like food or pharma or, or other things that have specific requirements. All this is not happening because people are completely tied up in the tactical survival of the day. And and I think that that's that's where where I think good forwarders can really differentiate themselves if they uh, allow more time for fundamental strategic things and uh, and give a lot of the tactical work into a smooth um, a digital uh, um, platform. Yeah, and, and probably <clears throat> there is also another aspect actually, which is um, not, not about the forwarder, but it's about the carrier or the folder um, himself, right? We know actually how, how yeah. difficult it is for, for a folder to go in you know, multiple different platforms in the same minute. Um, so if they would actually be able to operate with uh, their partners, their forwarders in one platform as well, this would make it easier as well for, for, for that party. And uh, also not forgetting the shippers um, who are having the streamlined real-time visibility end-to-end in one platform is a huge value proposition for them to feel uh, safe, more efficient in the way that they cooperate with forwarders and with carriers, right? Because usually uh, we, we speak about subcontracting, how bad it is. I don't think it's about subcontracting being bad. I think uh, that's actually great that the network can help each other and can collaborate in, a, in an efficient way. Um, we just need probably the right environments for them um, to move into a direction which makes everybody feel comfortable and um, and fast into processing the decision making. So artificial intelligence, especially in this case, uh, having the right truck at the right time for the right partner, streamlined accordingly to the shipper. This should be the perfect scenario. And of course, there will be always a time for the product adoption, right? This will not have happen overnight. No forwarder can expect that something changes from one day to another. So it requires a lot of um, energy, positivism, you know, uh, posit- positivity and um, motivation as well from their side to make sure that their network operates digitally and they basically can grow uh, year over year uh, into the digital landscape. Yeah, I, I can definitely see how how uh, uh, AI uh, 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 an AI powered platform can uh, 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 can get uh, synergies uh, across different transportation networks and and get companies working together that would never have thought about working together uh, just simply because they didn't know that the op- the, the the opportunity would benefit them both. Very true. Yeah. So if if we take a look at the uh, at the future. Um, digitization needs to uh, increase. We're we're definitely not there yet. So, w- w- what will what will uh, uh, drive digitization in the in the freight forwarding industry? Now, maybe there there are two there are different schools of thinking uh, in 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 that yeah. respect. So, the one is um, we have to forwarders saying or logistics companies saying we need more IT. So they uh, embark into very large uh, IT projects and implement uh, new technology, uh, develop technology and run these sort of projects. Um, This obviously has to do with digitalization. Uh, The disadvantage of that also is obvious. It's often subscale. So if you are not a very, very large company, I mean, uh, to give you a benchmark, I mean, Transporium is operating through this transport systems, uh, road freight is operated of a value of 48 billion. So that's uh, 10 times DHL 
road business. So it gives you an yeah, idea. So how big is big? How big are you to to stem your own or to really finance your own uh, IT investments? That's one school of thought and companies are trying to drive that forward. The second school is, no, this is going to be a game where companies are going to attack the current model. That's the famous case of the digital uh, forwarders like uh, Zender and others who come in and, and uh, have an advantage in, in direct operating expense because they have everything digitalized. They still have a disadvantage in scale, but one day they will be big and digitalized and that will will make the the, the, the game. And the third one actually is this uh, the, the, the platform idea that we say there's a platform that allows you to digitalize without running a large project, without being a different company that you are not a digital company, and but, but get your get your direct operating expenses significantly down, improve your your gross profit margin um, by getting better mix, better uh, <clears throat> get better matches, and um, buying cheaper in principle and and uh, and selling higher because you can find the better the best solution in the market at the best price. Um, for a specific logistics problems, and I think that's what what Cruciana said. That that's what what we see happening and evolving. Um, I mean, the forty eight billion gives you an idea of uh, where, where we at least see a trend um, uh, that good quality digitalization is a service you can buy on a transactional basis, um, uh, and and it will will keep pace with the development uh, at Transporion, We have implemented RTV as a standard. We believe that uh, sort of we say it a bit ironically. ETA is a is a human right. So uh, th all these things uh, are provided within a platform, and people only pay when they use it, and they pay as relatively small amounts if you look at the uh, at the actual numbers. Uh, so uh, I, I think that's that's the third way, and all three are somehow there. You see the big IT projects, you see the digital um, uh, service providers coming up, and you see the platform uh, that we have uh, built. and And let's let's see what is winning. And maybe not everybody wants to have the same solution, but I think it's uh, we we see the platform solutions um, really with a lot of benefits um, compared to the to the two other paths. Maybe Cristiano, you want to elaborate a bit more on on what we do there? Uh, yeah, but I think Herman, that's uh, that's a very good answer. So maybe I I, I would just um, add to what Transporian wants to support actually all parties to understand a little bit better is probably three key elements, which is the network health, the network interest, and the performance impact. Right, and uh, what this means is that we would like the parties to answer questions like. How healthy and resilient is my network? Am I offering less or more than the committed volume? When, where should I re-engage with inactive partners? Or how efficient is my procurement process? How can I identify compatible partners to work with? And how do I compare as well my services to others in the market? And where are those real-time insights, right? Um, and just to understand if their prices are reasonable, if their strategy is in place, is, is correctly put in place for this certain moment of, uh, of uh, many crises actually happening all around the world, right? So I think it's, um, trans it's transporting, giving the network the opportunity to get this real-time data, to get those real-time recommendations and gives them a door to become digital and move forward into this direction so that they can every day optimize 
their their operations and their growth. So we're we're just here for every partner to interoperate with each other. We're not just connecting them. We're uh, making sure that they interoperate with each other, and that's I think the fantastic um, vision of Transportian in making sure that we um, are the party that basically uh, is serving all of them into into this direction. So and we're very happy to serve all of our uh, carriers, shippers, suppliers, and so on. Well, um, uh, Herman, Grushana, I would like to thank you both uh, for being on this uh, podcast and um, and for taking us uh, uh, through this journey, starting uh, starting in the 90s, uh, Herman, when things were, were, were faxed. It was the same time that I started in logistics, and my my first desk was actually next to the fax machine, so yep. I was uh, getting disturbed uh, a lot of the time, all the way um, uh, through uh, uh, to to now, where things are are driven by uh, by uh, by uh, artificial intelligence. So uh, thank you very much uh, to you both. Thank you so Thanks much, for... Martin. Thank you very much, Martin, for reminding me of my age. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was sponsored by Transporian. Transporian wants to link all parties in the transport logistics supply chain to their transportation management platform by combining deep industry knowledge with IT expertise and an authentic concern for their customers, they now maintain one of the largest cloud-based transportation management platforms in the world. For more information on Transporian, visit transporian.com. <laughs>